Whether you're determined to build your dream business, to become a better communicator, to create the leverage in your life, to connect with yourself, to become more purposeful, to master your schedule, to quit your job, to travel to Europe, no matter what the goal is that drives you, this is the show for you. This is a space where we can transparently talk about all the things you're determined to accomplish or improve in your life and bring you the tactical tips and strategies to help get you to that next level. My name is Jamie Milam and I am a multi-passionate entrepreneur and like you, I dream big. I rebuilt my life out of a single Rubbermaid storage tote when I became a mother and today I am living my life by designing it in alignment with my goals. Recently divorced and back to being a single mom and simultaneously running multiple businesses, I know that I can figure anything out when I am determined. With the right resources, determination, and motivation, I believe you can make your dreams and goals a reality. This is Determined AF. Well, if you don't know Stetson yet, then I definitely think you're going to want to after listening to this episode. Stetson's one of the most bubbliest and genuine per- people that I have personally met. Like, I, I'm not even kidding when I say I genuinely love, like, I think you're unapologetically authentic. And I think that that's an energy that people should want to be around. It's not easy and you make thank it look you. easy. <laughs> so, uh, thank you. Of course, of <laughs> course. I think um, it's also a really huge benefit to have that character trait to be so great at what you do, right? I think um, whenever yeah. you want to kill it on social media, it really does take that like ability to just show up and be your authentic self. And again, that's not easy for everybody. So um I really appreciate you carving out time and joining with me today. And um, yes, thank you for having me. Of course. It always feels special. I always love your presence and being around you, whether it's through Zoom and podcast or in person for coffee and wine. I love it. I know. I know. I got to start getting down with the tequila with you, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Margaritas anytime. (laughs) Well, for those of you that don't Well, for those of them that don't know you, Stetson, why don't you tell us a little bit about like what you want us to know about you, your background, and kind of what it is that you are passionate about. Okay, perfect. Um, Well, first, I just have to say, I will start off with this while it's on my mind, because I want to say it. It's funny that you said, you know, I show up as authentic on social media, but if you go back and look at old social old social media before reels and videos and TikToks were popular, it is probably a different story because, you know, back in 2015, 2016, it was all the pretty influencers, like all the pretty pictures, all the pretty homes, like all of that. And so I am just fortunate that video content started becoming popular because that is where I felt like I could show up as myself because posting a pretty posed picture of myself never felt authentic. It never felt like me. And it was just like when videos became popular, that was when I felt like I could really show my personality. So I'm really glad that that's the trend (laughs) right now. And I think that's pretty cool. But yeah, so a little bit about me. I grew up in the Carolinas. I am from here, originally from Greenville, South Carolina, and now living in the Queen City, which I absolutely love. I love all of the sports. My dad was a college football coach. So I grew up, I I talk about this all the time. I grew up in a, a household that had a winning mindset, like losing wasn't an option. We always talked about how we were gonna win. And my dad was pretty good about, 
saying whether it was on the field or in school or um, I remember auditioning for things and not making it. And he was like, well, what are you going to do about it? I couldn't sulk in it. And my dad never let us throw pity parties. And my mom was kind of the same way. She was like, you will not have victim loser mentality. And so I am blessed beyond blessed beyond blessed to have the parents that I have because I grew up in a really strong household with determined people, even though I'm the only one with the kind of entrepreneur mindset. Um, neither one of my parents were entrepreneurs. My dad dabbled a little bit, but mainly stuck with football, football and coaching. Um, so it's been kind of interesting to see where I get that from and how I'm just different from the other people in my family. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about me and my background and where I am today owning my own business, teaching social media and social media strategies. Yeah. A good mindset reset, you know, is sometimes what's necessary to transition from one space to another. Um, And, you know, I I appreciate you talking about the past with your Mm -hmm. social media and how it wasn't always feeling authentic, you know, because it really does show up. And I'm kind of curious to know, like, what was the catalyst for you to determine, hey, I want to I want to really make the most out of being on social media in this platform? So my very first entrepreneurial experience was actually um, I owned a boutique with my best friend, a clothing boutique. I loved it. Let me tell you. I mean, I, I love fashion. I love all things beautiful <laughs> and going to the fashion shows. And I, I loved owning a boutique. But at that same time is when Instagram had just come out. And that is when some of the people who knew social media better than I did, who studied it more, they had photographers, professional photographers, they had all the things we're posting everything about their boutique and making it look fantastic. Whereas I'm like, we do not have a professional photographer. I am not a size two. For those of you who can't see me on the camera, I am a very confident plus size 14. (laughs) And I just was not modeling the clothes the way that they were. And it made me feel pretty insecure at the time, even though I was confident in myself, it was just like, okay, well, this isn't going to sell this outfit. I also couldn't fit in half the clothes that we sold at the boutique because I was plus size and we did sell, but at the time in 2010, uh, plus size clothes were not as cute as they are now. I am super happy. I have some fun shops (laughs) to shop at now, Um, but it was kind of sad because even though I owned the boutique and I was one of the buyers, I couldn't even find stuff that could fit me. So it was a little depressing. So again, even owning a business that I didn't even feel comfortable in you know, and it was sad because I always knew I wanted to own my own gift shop and boutique. Like I remember being seven telling my mom that that's what I wanted to do. So that was my dream from seven years old to the time I graduated, got my first job, saved some money, and then just did it, did it at the age of 23. So I'm pretty excited about that, that I just did it. But at the same time, I felt like trapped a little bit because I was not enjoying it. Like I thought that I would, I was not as happy as I thought that I would be. And I wanted out and I didn't want to ruin a friendship because I went in with my best friend and she was loving it and doing all of the things. And I know I've kind of got off topic here a little bit, but I say that too, because I never realized what I was good at because after seeing all those boutiques, 
on Instagram doing really well, I started studying it more. And I had already been doing well on Facebook. Facebook was our platform, but Instagram was brand new. And so I started studying it, studying it, studying it. And thank goodness my side job was a cheerleading coach. So I had the college girls to show me what to do. I was like, all right, show me how to use this. Show me what y'all are doing. And it's funny now because I follow some of them still and they have 50 plus thousand followers. And it's because that generation of those females, when they started right at 2010, people are like, how do they have all those followers? I'm like, because they started right when it started. And they were posting all the right things. They knew exactly what to post because they were the generation that was with that platform. But that's just kind of where my love came from it and starting to learn how to do it more, understand the ins and outs. And then I just kind of became obsessed with it, even though we sold the business and I moved on and did other things. I kept getting hired for side jobs to teach people to do social media, to create a Facebook page, just to do all these random mix match stuff. And it it wasn't until years later, until the pandemic happened, when my finance coach was like, how are you making all this miscellaneous income? I was like, oh, just random things here and there. He was like, Stetson, I think you have a business that you don't even know about. And when I finally put together a business plan on paper, it was, it wasn't imposter syndrome, Jamie. It was more of like the, is this what I'm called to do? Like, really? Like, okay, God, is this what I'm supposed to do? It's some, it was something I liked so much that I didn't consider it work. Girl, if I may, I just want to pause for two things on that note, because, um, I have chills. I really have (laughs) goosebumps because, um, you know, that we're told all the time, like, love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life, you know, find something that you have passion for. And yet I also listen to pods and and read books that say, you know, like you don't always have to do, be in a job that brings you joy and fulfillment. You can do those things without being paid. Right. I will also argue that I do think that there are certain personalities that we have to have that. Right. And so I totally know what you mean, because I think I had even sent you a text like a week or so ago. And I was like, had this moment myself where I just was like, oh my God, like to think that I can make a whole business of this and this could be like my real career. This is life-changing. Like it almost feels like it's too good to actually be real. And I say that because you also, we just started a conversation before we recorded about how you had that same moment today, right? Like an emotional moment of like, man, I really just love what I'm doing. And this is, this is my life that I'm getting paid to do it. Right. Like, but you found something that you enjoyed and created. I loved what you said. You put a business plan on paper. Yes. We got really intentional to look at it, to look at the bigger picture, start to reverse engineer and see what we can't do to make something out of this passion. right? Right. Because then we can show up and truly serve others in a really genuine way. I, you're so right. And this is why I love talking to you because you get just as excited about your passions and your business as I do. Like we feed off each other. And I think that's so important to have friends like each other. Like, I love that you reached out to me this week and we're like, girl, what networking groups can we go to together? I'm like, yes, somebody else who wants to like get out there and talk about their business because we are so excited about it. And you're right. I did get emotional. I posted on my stories today 
And I had to be mindful. I'm like, I need to share this on my stories because this is what people want to see. I really did start tearing up. Um, I never thought social media management would be something that I wanted to do because I didn't, I, I really just didn't think that was something I wanted to do. But I took on a a handful of clients just to replace my income that came a lot faster than I thought it would. Very thankful that it did. And especially now, because I actually really enjoy it. It is checking all the ticks on my box of creativity, of exploring, of pushing myself to be better. And what I like more about it too, is I get to look at their insights for the accounts that I manage to see, okay, is what I'm teaching and training on actually working. Are they getting the growth? Are they getting the ROI? And right now? Yes. And I know there's going to be roller coasters and slumps and I'm going to have to pivot and turn and ask for different advice and teach myself all over again. So it's, it's a continually changing business, but that's also what I like. I'm an Enneagram seven. So if you know anything about Enneagrams, Enneagram sevens get bored easily doing the same thing. I feel like you're an Enneagram three. We talked about this, right? It's a good thing that the algorithms change so regularly then for you. So then you it is. It, it really is. Because I feel, I feel like Jamie, I think we talked about this. Are you, you don't know your Enneagram, right? You haven't no, taken I a test. Yeah. I couldn't remember who was going to send me the recent links, but okay. no, probably I me. That. I need to do that also very forgetful. Um, (laughs) I, if I had to peg you and I think anybody who knows Enneagrams and would meet you would say hands down, you were an Enneagram three, like hands down, but I'm a high Enneagram seven, which means, um, we just kind of get real bored easy, like with the same mundane. But I think that's why social media has worked so well for me, because as soon as I feel like I have it and my system's in place, it has changed. So I am never bored because I'm always on my toes. So it's, it's kind of like God just kind of wrapped a perfect little gift in a bow for me. And although the pandemic is horrible and I wish it never happened for anybody, I am so thankful that it brought me a business that I love. Yeah. You know, it's fascinating that you said that the social management aspect, because I know that that is a newer part of your social media business. And you know, I often found, you know, I've had different social media managers, whether it's platforms and automated like tools or just downloadable type templates and things like that, you know, and I've had an assistant that has managed it in the past. And one of my own limiting beliefs around it is that you really have to find that right person that can help really present you authentically and your brand. And I say your brand, not even just as a product or a service, but you yourself, each of us, we are a brand. We have values. We have things that really are important to us. We have um, a tonality, you know, inflection to us, things that we are passionate about. And I would say that that has also, you know, can easily become a limiting belief that, oh, I have to manage this on my own, you know, and I do think that it takes the right person. So I'm curious, how have you found a way to be able to offer that for your clients? Um, do you have any like special insight in terms of like how they can, you know, be proactive in giving that information to you, uh, to, to be able to take that on and, and give them leverage. Cause we're all about automation and leverage in Jamie's world, you know, so sometimes it's a platform or a tool and sometimes it's a person. I think what's helped me the most with that, Jamie is one, and you know, um, our girl, Caroline, we, we've hired the same person to help with some of our marketing and automation. She's amazing. 
I Mm -hmm. saw how well she did for me and she was very patient with me. She, um, got my voice, maybe not always right the first time, but if I made a change and said like, Hey, Caroline, I wouldn't use like, for example, she was ending all my emails with XOXO Stetson. And I think of gossip girl when I think that, and I absolutely love gossip girl, but for my, e- I think of my grandma. <laughs> for my emails, it's more of like, you think of your grandma. I just, <laughs> yeah. but you know, like I love, I write XOXO to my son every like note that I leave for him, but I understand we all have different relationships with verbiage and just okay, cues, right. you know? So here's the thing. Yeah, it's gotta be you. Some people would read that and probably think grandma, like you would think like XOXO grandma, whereas some people- I don't think grandma in a granny way though. I think it in a like, oh, like, I'm like, you know. Oh, I mean, maybe, me. maybe. It, regardless, whether it's grandma, regardless, it's not grandma you. or gossip girl, it wasn't me. And so I was able to tell her one time I was like, Hey, I would like to end all of my emails with let's grow. Cause the slogan for my business is we help your business pop and grow. And so I just always say like, let's grow. That's what we always talk about is continual growth. And so for me watching her be so patient with me and do so well with some of the things that I was giving her, it's helped me be better with the social media management side of things to be patient with people. And to know that if they email me back saying, Hey, this isn't really what we liked. This isn't, we would rather you not do this. I know because I've done the same thing to Caroline that I am not taking it personal. I'm like, they are giving me positive feedback to help them grow their business. And they still trust me. Whereas I really feel like before, I think I would have been like, oh, they don't like it. They don't like what I'm doing and, or been frustrated. Be like, well, they told me this is what they wanted, you know? And so now I'm just really not taking it personal. And then I also have systems. I know you love systems. I have systems set up in place. So I have a pretty extensive questionnaire. So I'm looking, I have one set up um, right now that one of my clients just returned back to me. And it even says, one of the questions is, what is your favorite Shit's Greek character and why? And it says, if your social media ma- social media were to be a Shit's Creek character, who would it be? And here's the thing. If they do not know Shit's Creek characters, I know, <laughs> I know a lot that tells me a lot <laughs> about how their social media should be run. And so then I get to ask other questions. Um, if your social media were ran by Dolly Parton, Michael Jordan, or Oprah Winfrey you know, who would run your social media. And so I'm getting to ask questions that's playful and fun that really help me understand who their voice is and who their personality is. Um, one of my clients, she comes across as very professional and luxury, but she was like, no, oh my gosh, like Dolly Parton. And so we were able to take her kind of stiff, um, Instagram and really kind of soften it up a bit and show her Southern side still on the luxury level, very luxury, but way more laid back. And I feel like it looks more friendly. She looks more engaging where people can feel comfortable coming up to her because who wouldn't want to come up to Dolly Parton. So if we're talking like that, it works out perfect. So that's how I do it. A lot of systems in place to ask the right questions to really get to know people. Yeah. And I think the other things that I'm hearing from you too, is that 
you know, somebody would need to be able to a look for somebody if they're looking for a social media manager, look for somebody who can take direction well and that does ask a lot of questions to learn more about them and not just producing like blanket, you know, and I know that you work with multiple different industries as do I and you know not just real estate but that is one of the main industries that we've met in. And right. so, you know, there's a lot of these like cutesy little, you know, holiday style blanket templates for real estate. And if that's the only thing that's on your Instagram page, like it's not going to be interesting to look at people want to know, and no matter the industry, people want to do business with those that they know and that they like, and they can't know and like you if you're not showing up in the spaces that really say who you are, what you enjoy, you know? Um, and a lot of the times I think that we can let some of those things start to become a limiting belief. And I'm curious, like if there is a, like, most common limiting belief that you have come across, like when working with clients, you know, that whether they're coming to you for their own one-on-one coaching, you know, they want social media management, maybe they're in your membership. What is one of the most common limiting beliefs that people have when it comes to crushing it in, in social media? I, this one's so easy for me because I hear it so much in the membership. They think people just get lucky. I mean, I hear it all the time. They're like, I mean, he just got lucky. He post he posted at the right time or, you know, and then I go look and I'm like, well, it looks like he kind of bought some followers. Maybe, you know, it looks like he's paying for some of these comments. They, they look like bot comments mainly. And so I know from research, how to look into those things. And I don't think it's luck. I always tell people it's not magical. It's mathematical. You and I are both numbers girls. We love looking at numbers. We kind of nerd out over it. And that's where we could just spend hours looking at spreadsheets and ROIs. And I love it. (laughs) Um, But it's also part of what I go over and strategy is like, okay, well, let's look. So I'm thinking of one of my clients and his kind of competitor. And we looked and his competitor was posting about 12 times a week compared to him who is posting once a week. So it's like, okay, is he lucky or is he just putting in triple the amount of time and effort into his social media? Because he is, it doesn't look like he was running any ads. It doesn't look like he was focusing on YouTube and LinkedIn. He was purely focused on Instagram and really tripling down that engagement. And I I tell people that a lot. Sometimes they spread themselves too thin, trying to be everything on all the platforms. When I really, my best advice always is like, look, if you're already comfortable with Facebook and you're already on Facebook, ask yourself these questions. Are you going live on Facebook? Are you active in groups on Facebook and not just in the groups? Like, are you active? Are you asking the questions? Are you engaging? Are you they have badges now for group experts. If you don't have a group expert badge, you're not engaging. (laughs) So you need to do that. And are you, you know, posting regularly on Facebook? Are you sharing articles? What are you doing on Facebook to make you an expert at Facebook? When somebody refers you and says, oh, you need to go follow her. Where are they sending them? And so mine is Instagram. People know to send them to my Instagram, because that's where I hone in. That's where I post. Do I have a Facebook? Yes. Do I have a LinkedIn? Yes. Do I still post on those? Yes. But I focus my growth 
on Instagram till I, I have a number, I won't say it, but like, I have a number kind of in my head where I want it before I start focusing on the other platforms. Yeah. And you know, you said it too. It's like, that was where my thought went when somebody says it's lucky. It's like, it's really not. It makes me think of that visual of the tip of the iceberg. You know what I mean? They don't realize sometimes that what's happening underneath that it really does Mm -hmm. take the quantity, you know, of, of really engaging and putting yourself out there to find that thing that really hits. And in terms of just general industries, you know, you said like paying, right. Or bots, they, right. You know, and certainly like there are definitely, people that will reach out and be like, oh, I can get you X amount of likes and comments. Like, and just, you know, I even showed you one of mine that I was like, look, this is a total, like, that was so weird. Why did that one hit it? Is it because it was one of my new, like first time Airbnb posts or like, no, but I think these are all bots. And is that really your audience? Why spend the money just to pump up and fluff the numbers? Because that's not your audience. Now, when it comes to lead generating, if you're looking for new clients, yes, you have to get it out to the masses to find the quality leads within that. And that goes like, you know, back again, you know, real estate or anybody that's in a service industry that is having to outbound call in order to find leads and to build a client pipeline, the more people that you call or that you have connections with and in conversations with, the more likely you are to find that next client. And they may be the next big client that refers everybody to you, but you don't know that it's, it's not just luck. And how many times I'm going to ask you this question too, because I know you from the real estate world and you girl, you are an Enneagram three. You are a hustler. It's like, you just, it's like, you're, I I believe this about you and tell me if I'm wrong. It's like one of those things, if you set your mind to something, failure is not an option. And so I feel that about you. I feel like you, you walk with pride and like confidence in I am who I am and I'm going to make this happen. But I know that you were like a solo agent and a lot of people thought you got lucky or thought that you were just doing stuff. Did you not? You got those comments a lot in the office. Yeah. And you know, what really comes to me, I mean, first of all, there is a reason why this podcast is called determined AF, you know, and on top of that, it was, I actually got into the business and I did not have a sphere. I think I, I could legitimately count maybe less than a dozen people that I genuinely knew here in the Charlotte area that was not maybe um, a physician or their, you know, nurses or their office managers that it's not like I have those personal phone numbers, right? So for me to lead generate to those, I would have had to go back into the physician offices, but genuine like sphere, which is really where you can generate a lot of business was not the thing. So what I did was I cold called, I lead generated with door knocking. Why? Because I was in med sales. I had to show up to a random physician's office and literally walk in the door and it was a cold lead. So I just took that experience. And so I will tell newer agents regularly, don't judge your chapter one on somebody else's chapter three or 20, especially when you're not even sure what their background is or how big their current network and their sphere is. It wasn't luck. It was being in the office every day and doing the things that I had been trained to do. And so oftentimes we think, you know, that you, you just fall into it. And I think we both know that that's you know, they're, I'm not saying that those cases do not exist. I do think that they are definitely the outlier and not the most common thing. Right. And I love what you just said too. Like people don't know 
your, where you started chapter one. And what I like to teach and remind people in my membership all the time is I am here to help you because I know that you did not major in marketing. I am a marketing major. It is what I studied is what I went to school for. So even though I, social media wasn't a class in college, I still understand the basic setup of marketing. And I feel like if you understand marketing, you understand any social media platform you get on. That's why I feel like I can teach on YouTube, LinkedIn, all of those things. And then after college, I deeply studied digital marketing, SEO capability, all of that stuff, because that's what I liked because it was just a branch of marketing. And so for somebody who went to school to be a teacher, I can guarantee you, Jamie, I could not be a teacher. I cannot put together a lesson plan to save my life. I am horrible at it. My sister is a teacher. So I've seen her do it and I've seen what she does. And I'm so intrigued with how her brain works because I just look at her and I'm like, I could never do that. So I understand that people in my membership and people that I work with, they probably think the same thing. They see my brain and they're like, I could never do that. But I always tell people, I love to work with people who are ready to be coached, who are coachable, who are ready to learn and grow because we can teach you marketing, just like I was taught marketing and we can teach you how to do your business. Now, granted, a lot of people learn it and they're like, okay, I don't want to do it. (laughs) Now I don't want to do it. Hence why I started the social media management side of things. (laughs) It was just one of those things. I saw a lost opportunity for income and no, it's not all about the dollar, but it was about how can I provide better service? Let me just try it. Let me just try it and see what happens. And I actually have really, really enjoyed it. I get to teach at High Point University once a quarter for their social media management seniors. And so it's really fun because I feel like teaching them, I'm getting to teach them how I do social media. And then they just kind of, I can have them come along and help me when my business grows. So it's perfect. They'll have a job. (laughs) I have help. And it's really been a good partnership. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, is that just because we can do something doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to love it. Right. You and I, we've, we've started different businesses. (laughs) We, I mean, like you said, I feel like if I put my mind to it, I'll figure it out. I sat last night trying to edit this audio thing. And I was talking to a friend of mine who does this very regularly, like pretty much like mixing tracks, you know? And I was like, I am just so frustrated. And I know if I really stare at it, I can figure it out. However, I'm also all about leverage. Can I borrow you for like 10 minutes tomorrow? Because I know that you could probably do it in five. Right. And and that was the thing. And and obviously it's not that person's business, right. Does it for fun. So I don't want to, I wouldn't want to impose if it was somebody's business, but the other piece of that is, is you started out doing something that you genuinely love. You want to teach other people and people are going to show up if they want to learn it. Now I probably would have been somebody that showed up like that. My degree is also in marketing and they were mm-hmm. not teaching us social media back in 2005, right. right? Like in, or even in 2010, when I had returned, they were not teaching social media in the textbooks in those classes, um, at least not in Oklahoma. And, um, you know, so I, I, I do tell people that, you know, my degrees in marketing, not to mention I've been in sales. I've had to naturally not, well, I've had to learn how to overcome objections and it just changes from industry to industry. But the other piece of that is right. 
you know, you may raise your hand and say, I want to learn this and I want to get better at it. And I really want to do it. And, and they may do it, especially with a new business owner, when you're less capital and revenue generating, you are prospecting, you are doing the lower cost tasks, right? And then the more that you start to bring in your revenue, now you can leverage out the things that are not your top joys, that are not the things that, you know, are bringing you the most amount of money. It's not your one thing. It's not your top 20% of generating, you know, income generating activities and you leverage it out. So now you had, you listened and you heard about a service that other people are needing and that they are willing to pay for that. And there's nothing, there's zero, there's zero shame in creating something and doing it and earning a living for it. Because now Stetson gets to live a life that she's you know, designing that she desires and that she deserves. And at the same time, other people are getting the leverage that they want because it's not the thing that they want to do. They don't, they don't care to grow the biggest following. They want to be present for their people. They want to send messaging and they want to have, you know, a, a presence that at least if somebody says you should go follow her, they know that they're active in their business. But at the same time, working with somebody to manage that in a way that stopped to listen ask questions, learn Mm -hmm. about who they are. What messaging do you want to portray? You know, what is your ideal client? Who are you trying to target? Who do you prefer to work with? You know, all of those great questions so that you can then learn to do that too. And you get to do both. You get to coach and train people and you get to do the management aspect for those that want the do it for you type of system. And, And there are people that want one of either or both. And I mean, you and I, again, Caroline is a do it for you type of, of service, but it's also, again, I could sit there and figure it out if I really wanted to, but why? Because I know that there are other things that I can do and I'm going to leverage her knowledge because she spent that many years learning it, perfecting it. I don't want to mess with that learning curve. It's worth it to me Mm -hmm. to have my time and peace of mind so that I can focus on the other things that bring me joy and that bring me the most amount of income. So I think 100% girl, it's huge. If I had a shot of tequila, I would lift it up right now to you, girl. (laughs) Yes. Reach it, Sister Jamie. I love it. Well, I am curious, a couple of tactical things, like what would you say is like one of the most underutilized tools for people and whether that's a strategy or a tool, not necessarily a platform, but what is one of the most underutilized things that most people could probably pick up super easily. Honestly, just showing up in their stories. I mean, I really think that is one of the biggest things that people don't utilize the most. So I I spoke yesterday at an event, funny story, Jamie, it was a agents helping agents event. And I thought I was speaking for 15 minutes and I get there and realize I am the keynote speaker, which I was not aware of. And I was supposed to speak for two hours. So yeah, um, it was interesting. Let's just say I am so glad I had friends in the audience that I walked around to them, told them that my dilemma, I was like, I need y'all to ask me a lot of questions. And so they did my friends, thank God we're in the audience and totally just kept me they were making me laugh the questions they were asking too. So it was really funny and it, it worked out great. It was a fun event, but how funny is that? But one of the things that I was um, talking and teaching on was that there are billions in the B with the B billions of people on Instagram, but less than 500 million. So like literally half a million 
show up on stories daily, daily. So that is just one of the things for your followers that truly helps build that like know and trust. That is where people hone in on that relationship. And I use this as an example. Imagine if you had a friend that only called you once a month, or that's actually a lot for some people. Let's just say once a year, you hear from this friend once a year, are you going to be close with that person? Yeah, maybe if they call you once a month, you're going to get to know them a little bit better, but we all have that friend that we might talk to almost every day, right? You kind of need to be that friend on social media for other people. And by showing up in your stories daily is where people feel like they know you. It is insane. And it's actually really freaking creepy. I'm not going to lie. Even though I post it and I'm used to posting it, like it is creepy. Like yesterday I posted about my new Hoka shoes, which I'm super excited about. I love them. And it was about time for me to get a pair of running shoes. So maybe I'll actually run, but it's amazing. Like how many people I saw, like at my event this morning that were like, Oh my gosh, I also have Hoka shoes. And I love that color. And I'm like, weird. So weird. Like people people come out of the woodwork. They know things, they talk about things, you know, and sometimes it's like, you don't realize how many people are actually paying attention and looking because it's, you can see, right. Who's looking at it versus you can't in your feed unless they like or comment on it. You can't tell if they were one of the, however many, um, views if it's real. Right. And, you know, I will say, because I was going to ask you kind of like, if somebody wanted to be using it as a lead generating tool. And again, I say that for any Mm -hmm. industry, right. Um, you know, what's one of the, the top things that you would suggest on that. But my, I will say really quickly is that I probably until about a year ago, I, you know, again, I'm going to take a step into real estate, right? Oftentimes it's, you know, we're taught to reach out to your sphere of people and ask them, you know, who they may know and help and try to find referrals when you're trying to build your pipeline. You know, who do you know that I should reach out to that may be considering making a move over the next year? And what I found was, yeah, that was uncomfortable for me because I didn't have a real big, like, actual sphere of people that I'm in communication with and mm-hmm. connection with on a regular basis. And what I realized is that often if you are just commenting on their social media, which honestly is exactly why Facebook came out and was created was so that we could stay connected with people right to them. If you are commenting and you are staying, whether you live in the same neighborhood, if you're next door neighbors, or if you live halfway across the country and you don't see each other when they are feeling like you are interacting with them on social media, it is like now that friend that picks up the phone and checks in on you every couple of weeks. Oh my gosh. If you send that DM that says, Oh my God, you know, Susie looks so cute for her first kindergarten pictures. I cannot believe she's gotten so big. And you send that as a DM. Like I was just looking through store, you know, you know, social today. And I saw this and I just wanted to reach out. How are you right? Like, or pick up the phone instead of sending the DM. Like this is a good opportunity to reconnect with some of those, depending on the industry that you're in. And that way you can connect because then when you do need 
need to ask for that favor. And you're being in that position of like, Hey, I'm really trying to like hit these goals that I've set for myself this mm-hmm. quarter or this year. You know, I'm curious to know, like, is there anybody that comes to mind that you think that I should connect with to be reaching, you know, to, to work with, um, that might want my services or whatever the case might be. That phone call becomes so much less awkward because you've stayed in communication with them. And I would challenge folks, there is a systematic way to do that, you know, and um, I'm happy to go into that in another phrase, in another like setting, but there is a systematic way to do that. Put a system in place so that you are staying in communication with them, (laughs) right? Because I think that you said it, like if you're being active on stories is a way for them to get to know you, but you engaging with them is also a way for, for them to feel seen and known right. and connected. With. I always, so two examples, you said, I'm laughing because I'm thinking of an example that I gave to one of my clients the other day. <laughs> I can't keep a straight face right now, but he was just like, I'm not going to have time to comment on all these people. Like I'm not going to have time, but he was wanting that lead generation. I said, look, here's your system. Every time you go to the toilet, pull up your phone and comment on two people's posts. Like just every time, like that's your trigger. And it's setting, if y'all have ever read Atomic Habits, there's a, a the trigger. Oh, I was about to say it's habit, habit stacking. stacking. <laughs> yes, it's habit stacking. So I told him his habit stack needed to be every time you go to the toilet, <laughs> sit, sitting on the toilet, comment on two people's. And it's just so funny because you said that. And I'm like, that's his system. Um, could be mine. I'll keep that a secret, but I James clear. Are you so excited that we're habit stacking on the toilet? Right? <laughs> hey, you said you wanted this conversation to be authentic. Well, here we go. Um, so here's the other example I give. I tell people all the time, when you see people's post on social media, I don't care if it's somebody that you have not seen for 20 plus years. I want you to imagine that you were in the same room as them. And this is so hard to do, but it's such a good practice. Imagine that you're in the same room with them. And what would you say to them if they told you in person, what they're telling you on social media, too many times we scroll until we see something I call it stop the scroll, which might be a good post. Why? And think about that too. Why did you stop on that person's post? Is it because you actually like them? Is it because it was an engaging picture? Is it was because they used a caption? What is it about that post that made you stop? That is something I always like when I'm just like mindlessly scrolling. I'm like, Ooh, what did they do that got me? you know? And so think about that, but then also don't mindlessly scroll. It is so much harder to just comment on the first five to 10 people's posts that you see a genuine comment. And I always tell people it needs to be over four words because the bots and the robots out there are programmed to only say three words or three emojis. So when you leave a genuine compliment, let's say somebody just posted that their daughter graduated high school, you know, it's graduation season. So I'm seeing a lot of this. These are people I haven't talked about in forever. And to be honest, it's like, okay, congrats. Like, woohoo. But I'm like, no, if they told me in person, you know, that, oh yeah, my daughter's about to graduate. I'll be like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Where's she thinking about going to college? Like I would have a conversation with her if that were happening in person. Whereas we get de-emotionalized on social media. You know, we see the bad news and we're just like, oh man, that sucks. So we keep scrolling. 
But if somebody were to tell us that bad news in person, we feel it a little bit more. So I challenge everybody listening to this to try to feel the emotion of what that person is trying to tell you. And it's really hard, but you will become the rock star on social media when you actually show emotion on social media. Absolutely. I mean, and people also will say, I love how authentic you are and thank you for being vulnerable and sharing, or, you know, thank you for reaching out. You know, I mean, it means Mm -hmm. so much more. And I think that that is completely underrated. And here's the thing is that if you feel like you don't have the time to use social media as a lead generating tool, if that's something that you're wanting to do for your business, I would challenge you to then really take a hard look at the business plan. And are you doing this because you feel authentically connected to it? Or are you doing it because you feel like you should be doing it? And if the should is showing up and it doesn't align fully with you, then I would challenge you to really say, are you willing to commit Mm -hmm. to it? Are you determined to do whatever it's going to take to really make this be a tool for you? Because if you're not, then we need to remove the judgment and shame that we have for ourselves if we're not meeting those metrics because we weren't really committed to it in the first place. So I think that that's really important is, yes, we want to be present, but if you know that this is not going to be in your top three to four sources of business, if you're doing it for business, right? Then, right. then don't put that pressure on yourself, right? Show up and do what you need to do as long as you're connecting with people in other ways. So I think that that's a really big thing because there are systematic ways to utilize this in both, even if it mm-hmm. is just a matter of connecting with people, if it's teaching, if it's inspiring, if it's motivating, if it's really genuinely trying to find the right folks for your business. You know, I think that there are a systematic way to do almost anything. Um, yeah. Even if it is just commenting while you're on the pooper, you know, I'm always like, um, give me this system and I'll stick to it. But my brain does not operate to come up with systems. That's why I need people like you in my life. Like give me a system and I'll stick to it, please. But I pay, I pay for that all the time, even with my social media management business. Like I paid for this course and I, uh, too much money, but I paid for it because I need, I knew I needed the systems. I'm not just going to run at it. Like, let's see how this goes. I'm not going to wing it. Even though it's just posting, I've been posting on social media forever and I've kind of bartered with people and done their social media, but this was different. If I was going to be charging my high end prices that I'm charging, I needed to have my system set. And so I was able to copy some templates. I was able to use some systems, make them my own and do it. And it's so funny because one of my clients who said, I have had four other social media managers before. And she said, you are the most professional one I've ever had. She had no idea that I had just started my business three weeks ago. She had no idea. She thinks I've been in business forever. And it's because a lot of people who come into social media management are we are winging it. So I know that that's what differ, differentiates my business from other people. And that's why I can charge what I charge, because I know that I am providing so much more value than other people out there. Yeah. And, you know, I completely agree because, you know, just because, um, again, just because we can do something doesn't mean that we're going to be great at it. And just because we are great at a lot of things doesn't mean other things come naturally to us. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for me, it took a while for me to realize, you know, to stop looking for myself and others because Mm -hmm. systems are easy 
for me, you know, I can see, okay, here's the end goal. And here are all of the things that we need to do in between. And here are the potential roadblocks that we might come across. Let's think through that. And we'll, you know, and then I can pivot in between. That is not everybody's forte. Check to me. That's a a beautiful mind, beautiful mind. I'm like, no, beautiful mind. I'm like, nope. And then for people who can follow the checklist or the system, then they can crush it at so many other things that I likely couldn't even crush it at. You know, it's like, because that's not the thing that comes natural to me. That doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. I need to teach systems on absolutely everything, though I do believe that there are models for a system that can fit into many industries. So, I mean, I think that that is important, like you said, is finding that system and doing something that you can follow because now you're able to serve your clients at a higher level and find, and and you gave them a need that they were needing, you know? Right. Um, I have to say this too, because I've been to a couple of the real estate trainings, um, some really good ones. And I love some of the mentors in your company too, who I always call the beautiful minds. And it was so funny because somebody had asked, they were like, I'm giving my agents my systems and they're just not sticking to it. And his response was brilliant. He said, because it doesn't work for them. So you have to keep doing your job to find a system that will, even though, you know, that person thought that her systems were, you know, the best for that agent. And I totally get that because I'm like, I understand I was in her same boat, like trying to give the systems. And he was kind of like, if that system's not working for the agent, of course, they're not going to do it. So I, I feel that because even that some of the social media management systems uh, difficult for me. So I'm like, well, let me take that part out. That is just an extra step that I don't feel like I need. And so maybe I can add it back in, but let's just cut some of the fluff. Let me make it as keep it simple, sweetie. You know, like for me, I need it very simple, but I liked that too. So I say that for anybody who is working with clients and stuff like that too, because right now I had my systems in place for social media management. I was using Slack to communicate. And I told them, I was like, I do not want you to text me. The best way to send me information is Slack. Well, guess what? I was having to teach these people how to like download an app, how to do all the things. And I'm like, okay, Slack is not working for them at all. So do I frustrate myself even more about trying to make that system work for them? And they are not going to be happy as a client because they feel frustrated. So I met with them in person. I was like, what is going to be the easiest system for y'all? And it was text. Is it my favorite system? No, but now I know I have a system now where I just check their text messages once a day. And, and you like, set the, that's my system, right? You set the boundaries yep. and you set the expectation. And it's like, did I want that in my inbox? <laughs> no, but it's what it, I have to cater to the client for what's easiest for them. Yes. I can set boundaries. Yes. I can still try to get the Slack going and send more videos on how to use it. They still know it's my preferred method because it's in all of my emails. Um, signature, please don't forget my preferred method of communication is Slack. So when they take that initiative to kind of learn it because they're happy with the way that I've been working and communicating and they know that I've been flexible, then it will happen. Yeah. And, you know, going back to the models aspect, right, you found things out of the system that you paid a lot of money for and you, and you saw it as a model, right? And the reason why some of these, you know, coaches may say like, oh yeah, I give them the systems and they're not working. I think that that's the difference between coaching and consulting or training, right? Because 
a trainer, I can go in and teach a class on farming a neighborhood. I could give them every single one of my postcard templates that I've ever used. I could give them the scripts, same with expireds or circle prospecting. But if the person who's going to perform the system doesn't connect the dots and they don't feel genuinely connected to it, it's not in their voice. They don't understand how this messaging today matches up with this one that's going to go out, you know, in four or five, you know, weeks, whatever, like it may not work. And then they come back and they're like, yeah, Jamie's system doesn't actually work. She was just lucky with it. And that's not the thing. So now when we have a system, we look at it as a model. And when we're working with one-on-one clients, especially it, that's where those questions really start to come into play. That's so important because now we have to make sure that they are invested in it, that it is in that messaging that's authentic to their brand. So that way, when they show up, they understand that we didn't just send out these things. I know that they fit the message that I wanted to, to, to portray to my clients, right? So right. it's tweaking it per client. And I think that that's where a lot of people get lost. But again, that's why there's a business for it because people think that they want that do it for you system and just let me download the templates and I'll do it, you know, and then it doesn't work. Well, it's because there are other things that go in oftentimes. Don't get me wrong. Some templates do work the way that they're supposed to. Right. Do it for (laughs) you systems do work. But again, it takes more of a dance and a marriage of understanding, you know, why and how it fits you and, and tweaking it and communicating with that person. Like, I don't want the XOXO, you know, and somebody that can take direction well and doesn't take it personally. And so then that communication, that cohesiveness continues, you know? So right. I am um, a couple quick things. Cause I want to be mindful of your time too, but I'm curious just because I haven't ever asked you this. Do you have a Ooh. favorite quote or a motto? Oh goodness. Um, <laughs> the first one that came to mind was this too shall pass. That's what my dad always used to tell me. So, I mean, that is literally what I think about all the time when I'm going through stressful times. And then he always would say, it's not going to eat you, you know, it's not going to eat you. Like what's the worst thing that could happen. So I hate to go into like the negative quote, but I mean, that really is the one thing that comes to mind. Um, and I also love, you know, Bible verses and scriptures and stuff like that as well. So keeping those close to my heart when I, when I need them for sure. Great. Great. So for anyone who is absolutely determined to crush it on social media. What is the best piece of advice or number one tip you would give them? I will say to crush it on social media, just freaking show up. Like literally that's all you have to do. Don't overthink a darn thing. If you think it's good to post, it's good to post. If it brings you joy, post it. If it makes you happy, post it. Like don't overthink anything because 2018 Instagram and social media is very different than today's Instagram. So, um, and social media in general. So just post it. And for your business, I tell, this is what I've been telling people. I, as you know, Jamie quit my nine to five, uh, the end of July and pursued this business full-time as of August 1st. And I have not looked back. And so I really just want people to know if you are thinking about starting a business, or maybe you've sort of started your business and you're an entrepreneur, but you're like, I am not seeing the growth. I'm not where I want to be. My question to you is how are you determined this? You know, what is motivating you? What is your, why figure it out? I was that entrepreneur that was doing so many entrepreneurial things, but never felt a good fit. And it may take you a while. If it's like, 
there is such a time as this. So your time will come. Just know that. I love that. I love that. So um, for the listeners, you know, I know that we can find you on sociallystetson.com, but um, where else can my listeners connect with you? Yeah. So you can always search socially sets and I'm very Googleable, which I love SEO. Um, but all of my Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook names are Stetson K Patton. So my full name. So you can find me Stetson K Patton on Instagram. Don't even look me up on Facebook, pointless Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. There you go. <laughs> she's like pointless. I love it. She knows where her audience is. She knows where she wants to be and she's showing up. And I mean it, you guys, especially if you're just listening on the pod. Um, if you haven't had an opportunity to check out Stetson, I know that you can't see her, but she is bright and colorful. She's in bright colors. I see nothing less than the rainbow in front of me with the art canvas behind her. And I'm in my classic black, <laughs> I'm like, I'm a, I'm, which you know what? It's okay because we show up and we're here to pour into you guys. And I cannot tell you how much I've appreciated you taking the time pouring into our folks. And um, again, you guys, sociallystetson.com. You can work with Stetson in multiple ways. She has a monthly membership, one-on-one coaching, group coaching, different classes that she puts on. And she's got the social media management that she just launched. So I think you'll find it to be extremely helpful. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you for always being like such a fun business person because I know other people get so tired of me talking about work all the time, but I absolutely love it. And so that's what we get to talk about all the time. I hope you have me back again sometime. Yes, absolutely. Anytime, anytime. It's been a fun time.